Magnetofunky, walkabout number 53. It's Friday, September 15th, 2023. Hey, welcome, or welcome back. Larry here. This episode gets into what minimum size motorized bike engine I need to haul a trailer. Meanwhile, I try out the Mushroom Fly tarp tent pitch. The music is another selection of the latest eclectic submissions to hit my inbox. Mostly EBM, electronic body music, but we open with Detroit Rockers Electric Six. Yeah. 
Okay, that was Panic Panic by Detroit Alternative Indie Rock Outfit Electric Six off their long-awaited 15th studio album, Turquoise, released September 8th on Metropolis Records. Uh, 14 deep and intense tone poems about the meaning of life. Okay, this is a laid-back and often explicit, you bet your ass, personal journal of extremely eclectic music and progressive politics, with a focus on mobile energy independence and creative West Coast wanderlust. My pie page is 1223studios.com slash mwalk.h. I'm on Instagram at mfunkywalk, on SoundCloud at mfunky, where episodes are up for a limited time. And really, should I consider a substack shingle instead of going to threads? Well, anyway, despite Z-Dog not letting me post episodes anymore, my page is facebook.com slash larry.winfield.967. Okay, last episode was my intro to Moto. So this time I get into a few more specifics of the motorized bike I'd most likely end up with. And it boils down to a matter of torque, not the usual emphasis on speed. Specifically, I mean low-end torque, an engine's ability to accelerate faster at a lower RPM. Or put another way, Torque refers to the amount of work your engine can exert, while horsepower has to do with how quickly it happens. And a good low-end torque allows you to carry heavier loads, take on steeper inclines with ease, and improves your motorized bike's overall performance. So the basic question, would a 25cc engine have enough torque to pull a 200-pound rider and a 100-pound load up a 10% grade hill? Hell no. No amount of customizing the engine and swapping out mufflers and rear sprockets will cut it without a bigger engine displacement that provides more rotational force. And all the motorized bike forms agree that you need a minimum 80 or 100 cc's just to climb hills without a trailer. Now, I prefer a four-stroke engine over two-stroke because they're quieter take regular 86-octane and higher unleaded gas and should need less maintenance. And an automatic transmission means no clutch handle cluttering the handlebars. Uh, as far as the plethora of all-in-one engine plus accessory kits, many questionable conversion kits are made in China and elsewhere with crap components. And many folks in the forums said if you buy one, First, hit the hardware store and replace all the studs, bolts, and screws. And second, take great care not to strip the threads on the low-quality metal housing. It's apparently much better to get the torque converter, accessories kit, and engine separately once you sort the decent kits from the garbage. Now, with the engines, uh, Honda, for example, has made reliable small engines for years that easily convert to bikes. They're pricey as hell, but that's what you're paying for. Uh, I also like Briggs & Stratton, 
and there are lots of brands mentioned in the G-Bike forums I'm still researching. I also like the Predator engines sold at Harbor Freight, but they're not legal and they're not sold in California. Oh, about the frames. With a 79cc bike like the Fat Moto, I might get away with only needing an M2 license, but with 120 or 150 cc's, you're talking motor-driven cycle. It'll require uh, the M1 license, lights, a speedometer, all the extras you'd need to make a bike street legal, especially with a trailer. And I don't have the kind used for carrying small kids. I got that big-ass Rambo game cart, and me on a rig like that will be pulled over by a county mounty, and I will get hassled if I don't have a full M1 license. But at least from the research so far, as long as the vehicle has a bike frame, my current bike insurance should cover it. Now so far, that's the build option. If I wanted to straight up buy, I've only seen 49 to 79cc motorized bikes assembled and sold. And if I just said screw it and get a motorcycle, it would be from a 100 to 150cc model because even most 250cc bikes are out of my price range, which is like $2,400 max. That only includes a few new and used 150cc motorcycles. But I did find a gem when I punched up street legal 100cc motorcycles into the Google. Up popped a new pocket bike, the Honda Navi. It's 110cc's, street legal, automatic transmission, top speed 55 miles an hour, base price under 2000 It has an available rear rack as well. Hey, it's worth considering, but I'm still leaning toward a custom build. Something I could service and repair, which includes rebuilding the engine if I had to, that wouldn't need expensive motorcycle insurance. Uh, anyway, I haven't settled on a specific engine size yet. I'll take that up next time. Okay, Center Stage continues with a raft of the latest releases to hit my inbox. A mix of Trip Hop, Dark Wave, and EBM. Uh, first set opens with The Sin of the Sanctified, a bit of industrial glam by Terminal, an outfit led by singer-songwriter, anti-apartheid, and civil rights activist Thomas Mark Anthony, off the album The New Republic, released August 25th on Metropolis Records. Uh, yeah, Plato's Republic provides the album's title and its theme, that an unjust society is a doomed society, that democracy in itself is no defense against demagogues or tyrants. Uh, next up is, as a kind of point-counterpoint, Pull the Trigger by Novakill, uh, a band in Sydney, Australia. They make dark post-punk-tinged electro-industrial sounds. The song comes from Electronic Bodies, a compilation album released September 1st by Sideline, a Belgian magazine for electro-industrial music active since 1989. They occasionally release free charity compilations to give a platform to dark wave, post-punk, electropop, synth-pop, and industrial music bands. And this time, 
they feature 88 tracks from around the world, uh, from Germany to Australia, the United States to Estonia, with proceeds going to psychological support for Ukraine soldiers and citizens suffering from PTSD. To give a proper sampling of the album, I pulled four very nice tunes for your earbuds. Thank you. 
Okay, next pair of tunes begins with Nothing Like a Dystopian Haze to Give You Hope for the Future. Another kick-ass psychedelic trance tune by Fields, Ohio, a.k.a. Christine Anarino and Eddie Palmer. Uh, this is off the album Don't Stare at the Sun When Your Hands Are on Fire, released August 27th, followed by Thanatophobia by Ars, uh, a.k.a. Pierre Ars, a Belgian producer and composer. Uh, this piece also comes off the sideline compilation Electronic Bodies.
last set opens with Another Day, a dream pop number by Vela, a Russian by way of Armenia duo that creates an alluring blend of down-tempo and dream pop infused with late-night sensuality. It's from a double single off the new album Sentimental Craving for Beauty, dropped September the 8th on Project Records. And we wrap up with Artifact from Outer Space, an EBM glitch-hop-type piece by Hinane. I think that's how you say it. A band from Germany. I'm guessing because I couldn't find any info on them. Uh, they're also featured on Sideline Magazine's Electronic Bodies compilation. I'm lying to myself Cause if it's 
Okay, in the log, I'm determined to get a decent pitch out of the 8x10 Camel Tart. Well, as close as I can get to an enclosed form that is low profile and still lets me sit up inside. As I wrapped up pre-production of the last episode, I took a break and walked up the long hill to the Ace Hardware store across from the Safeway to see if they had the guideline advertised on the Ace website. Of course, they didn't even carry it, but they did have an assortment of mini carabiners to make pitching easier. Uh, instead of going to another Ace, I went online and got what I really wanted. 50 feet of guideline made of Dyneema, which is waterproof and guaranteed not to stretch, like paracord. It arrived uh, right after Labor Day. To prep the portable tent pole, I used the last of the tennis balls to make a non-grommet top end for the two to four foot section. The base has a hole in it, convenient to put a stake in it to hold the pole in place. Now, if I was on the road and had to use what was on hand, I'd take two spare tent pegs and a loop of paracord and anchor the pole that way. So I did. I'm still taking the handlebar pole to test it with guy lines just in case. In the meantime, I practice camping knots. Because I'm not making a ridge line or using a second tent pole to make an entrance, I only need a few bases, like the clove hitch, the bow line, and the top line hitch. And I don't need any lines longer than about four feet for low profile to sitting height. Uh, six of these will only take half of the Dyneema cord. Okay, when the guy line arrived, I checked the length. It turns out they sent me almost 60 feet. Damn. So I cut six pieces of cord, sealed the ends with a lighter, and tied bowline knots for the carabiners, and taut line hitch knots on the other ends. As long as the weather in my system cooperates, I can get on with the next tent practice. Oh, by the way, I did try to go to the park over the following weekend, but my system acted up again. And hey, turns out there was an unlisted event happening at Hippie Hill, judging by all the porta potties on the sidewalk. So I rescheduled for Monday and went in the morning. I did the first pitch with the tall handlebar pole. It looked better than the last time, but I still couldn't get the sides down. I swapped in the portable pole at sitting height, and it did a little better, but even moving the tent pegs around didn't help. I dropped the pole to two feet, a little above the handlebars, and with guy lines it almost worked, but I still couldn't cover the bike and the sleeping area to my satisfaction, and reorienting the tarp didn't work either. The rectangular shape just won't cut it. So I gotta go with a 10 by 10 foot square tarp after all. But this first round of tent practice is now done. And once I get the square tarp, I can compare the star and trapezoid pyramid pitches and start timing setup and packup times. Okay, for one more tune, we close out with the final feature from Electronic Bones, Kukasin by Oleg Kostjukin. I hope I'm doing that right. Now, all I could find on him is that it's the alias of an Estonian rapper named Jenka. And by the way, 
This massive charity compilation album is a Bandcamp exclusive release compiled by Bernard Van Isaker.
Okay. Hey, this show is a 1223 Studios joint. Show notes and band links are on the pod page, and episodes are now on Amazon Music and Audible. Send email to mfunkyzine at gmail.com. If you like the show, subscribe already. Tell your friends is roughly every two weeks. And... Okay, parting shots this time isn't concerned with the latest episode of slimy Republican hijinks inside the Beltway or their corporate media enablers who ain't at all worried about missing a meal after a fascist takeover. I'd rather hurl a brick bat or so at a local elite flimflam. The caper being executed by a gang of tech bros, oh, sorry, a who's who of tech entrepreneurship using flowery sophistry to hype their plan to build a new city on $800 million worth of secretly bought land in Solano County, northeast of San Francisco. That's not zoned for residential use. Uh, Their purported idea of a clean energy, public transit accessible, high-density urban area, bigger than San Francisco, which sounds a whole lot like a Silicon Valley sundown town, might just be an entertaining distraction to hide their actual plans while they play Monopoly, with no intent to actually build anything, certainly nothing to help solve the lack of affordable housing anywhere in the Bay Area. If they just paid their damn fair share of effing taxes, it would do a hell of a lot more good with that and fixing Prop 13. Anyway. Show themes, as a trumpet, backed vibes and spyglass by New York musician and composer Kevin McClough. Bike Bell Number 3 by CDRK, found at freesound.org. The next episode will drill down to what specific size engine I picked for a custom motorbike and a potential roadblock that might force me to get a motorcycle after all. I'm Larry, trying hard to stay chill at my Garrett in the Mission, still in San Francisco, working to get on the road and off the grid. <laughs>